Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 720 to 729, select styles only. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I am Kyle Krabs, Director of Scouting at NDT Scouting, NFL and NFL Draft Analyst for FanRag Sports. I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Joe Marino, also of FanRag Sports and NDT Scouting. We are the Draft Dudes, and we are here to talk about football. More specifically, we're here to talk about your questions as we are now on the cusp of real week one college football. Now, last week was a nice little appetizer, but now we've got uh, the main event. Uh, I remember last year's college football season was uh, kicked off with a pretty explosive bang, that old Miss-Florida State game to start the year, that big comeback in the second half for Florida State. We have a lot of marquee matchups that can potentially provide a lot of very exciting Results, notably Alabama-Florida State. Uh, those Florida State Seminoles seem to be a, a staple of big-time matchups. Uh, West Virginia-Virginia Tech is a renewed rivalry game. Uh, there's a couple more, but we want to save that for Friday because what Joe and I did this week is is on Wednesday we asked for your questions. We wanted to answer your specific questions building up to the uh, Friday preview show in which we will be talking about uh, all of the marquee games and the the pro prospects that you guys need to have your eyes on. So, Joe, before we get into questions, happy hump day. How are you, dude? I'm doing good, my man. Uh, happy hump day to you as well. And uh, it's like uh, the day we have games on Thursday night. So there's like a decent slate, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma State. So uh, 
between that and the full slate of NFL games, I think all 32 teams are playing Thursday night. There's a lot of uh, a lot of fresh stuff to digest on the horizon, man. It's a this is what we have been waiting for. It's here, man, and uh, it's great to have a new football to look at. Yeah, it's um, get to look at Ohio State. So you get to see your guy Jerome Baker, Joe. That's exciting. Yes. Yeah. Oh man, he's uh, everyone's going to be drooling over him. He's one of those those linebackers that just fits so perfectly with today's NFL in terms of that sideline to sideline range, the fluidity, the physicality. He can work downhill, laterally, cover. He just he's just a total package. And uh, you know, I've been beating that drum all summer, so I'm excited. Uh, to get to see him play this year. And then Ohio State also has one of my offensive linemen. I love Billy Price, a, a very physical blocker. So. Get out of here, Joe. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Billy Price. Come on. Yeah, I remember I remember us talking about Pat Elfline uh, this time last year, and then you came around. So I'm expecting a similar, you know, will you sip, Will you sip tea if I do flip a 180? Oh, absolutely. But, you know, the thing is, I, I know that you're not going to not do it because you're, like, stubborn. You're like, oh, I, I can't uh, get a, you know change my ways on this. I, if he shows what you think he needs to show, he'll come around. And I think I think you will. I think, yeah. I think. Yeah, I'm not too proud to admit when I'm wrong. Lord knows yeah. it certainly happens. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> so we, we have uh, listener questions. We got a, a pretty nice amount of feedback from folks. Some Interesting questions. Joe, I know you got a real barn burner uh, to start us off, though. Yeah, yeah. The first question, let's get to it. Mr. Smith at Eagle Fly underscore. Really good question. How's your day? <laughs> Kyle, what's up, man? How's your day? <laughs> oh, man. Um, you know, I actually, I actually had a really nice day yesterday. I'm going to segue this into football as such an open-ended question. Um, I watched Connor Williams today. Texas offensive tackle, uh, primarily viewed as one of the blue chip prospects in the draft. And um, he is worth every bit of buzz. And the reasons why, I mean, yeah, he's big, he's he's fluid, he's very quick, he's powerful and explosive, all those things. Joe, what really stands out for me to him, and I'm going to draw a parallel to uh, Ethan Pokic from LSU here. When Pokic got put back on his heels and he was impacted, do you remember us talking about his recovery ability? Yeah. His ability to – yeah, just just the ability to contort his body. It's such a long body in ways that, you know, a guy that doesn't have super high-end balance and body control would not be able to do. You see it with Williams in the same regard – uh, but not just playing backwards, but also playing forwards. Now, I'm watching him chip off a uh, a potential double team and pick off a linebacker on the second level. And the linebacker is able to get his pads up underneath Williams. And Williams is kind of, his pads roll up a little bit. But then there's an immediate drop step. The hips immediately re-engage and flip back up into uh, forward momentum. And he recovers with such ease that, like, if you didn't understand offensive line play or, or human biomechanics or uh, physics, and you just kind of saw it happen as a casual fan, you'd be like, oh, yeah, it's a nice block. But to see it happen in the manner in which it does 
and his ability to adjust and showcase like that super powerful core strength and re-anchor ability and hand strength and, and explosiveness, even when he's been out-leveraged immediately, I think that's something that he's really going to be able to hang his hat on as a prospect and say, you know, this that's going to allow him to win a lot of battles. So because I got to see that and got to showcase that in NDTScouting.com, uh, I had a great day today. Joe, how about you? You know, I'm still smiling that the Buffalo Bills were able to get a fourth-round pick for mm. Reggie Ragland coming off an ACL tear, mm. uh, fish out of water in Sean McDermott's 4-3 scheme. You know, he, was get, he got three – he's healthy – three preseason snaps at the end of the fourth quarter last week. And Kyle is, is sipping tea here. Uh, you know, this reminds me of a conversation you and I had when you did Reggie Ragland's evaluation. And um, – you like to uh, bait me, I think, a lot of times with your questions. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> you know, just to kind of see what I, re- what I, how I respond. And I just remember you, you, uh, you hitting me with, have you done Reggie Ragland yet? Which was a way of me knowing that you have a strong-ass opinion on the player and you want to see where I stand so you can decide if we can continue to be friends. And, um, and I, know, I, I remember this moment and I'm like, I don't see it, man. I don't see it. I don't think I don't I think he's physical when he's free. He can make a big tackle when he's wide open, but if this guy has to play through contact, if he has to do anything laterally, if he has to cover, you know, they start they try to that defensive end pass rushing, there's no ability to do that. You know, that he's literally just a, a three four downhill thumper and you better keep him clean because if he has to play through traffic and take on blocks, he can't do it. And so for the Buffalo Bills to come away with a fourth round pick for him. Uh, certainly he wasn't making the team. He was going to be cut. There's, he just wasn't going to make the team, uh, especially when you think about this regime and how they want to distance themselves from Doug Whaley and the Rex Ryan stuff. I mean, there's no arguing that. Uh, he was going to be cut. So Kansas City gives up their 2019 fourth-round pick, and the Bills uh, you know, continue to add to their draft capital for a player they were going to cut. Man, I, I, am, I am still smiling about that. Um, and then I had an article published today on FanRag Sports uh, on on five NFL players who won't get cut but should, and which is uh, when you have an article like that, you're going to piss some people off. I pissed off some Dolphins fans today uh, coming at me because one of the players I said should be cut but won't is Leon uh, Carew. Yeah, he I should said, be oh, cut. Well, I, I, and I brought that up because I knew you'd say that. But, I, I mean, they gave him three draft picks to get him. But count your losses. They counted on him last year. He was bad. He's been inconsistent again this offseason and preseason. Like, just move on. It's a crowded It's a crowded group. You know, invest in DeMaurier Stringfell, who looks like he's a player. And, uh, you know, I don't I don't know what Carew can do for you. So uh, it, it was, uh, you know, always it was dealing with that. And then, uh, you know, of course, just st- still uh, uh, awfully excited about Reggie Ragland no longer being a Bill and having another fourth-round pick. Yeah, it's funny how, like, you draft bad players bad, they end up being bad in the pros. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, Reggie, he was 260 pounds. Yeah, oh, he was blobby, too. You like, know? Remember the weigh-in, senior bowl weigh-in? Yeah. I wondered if this guy ever lifted weights. Yeah. Just, he, he had, like, he almost had, like, a defensive tackle, like, lower half, like, super thick yeah. legs and base. Yeah. And you could tell when you watched him play, he's like, the, the guy doesn't have a lot of upper body strength because he doesn't use his hands. And he did, he he doesn't play off of contact with his hands, um, yeah. So the reason I'm sipping tea, uh, 3:30 p.m. August 11th, 2017, 
NDT Scouting tweeted, If I'm the Bills, my next candidate to trade is linebacker Raglan. I try to salvage whatever I can for that pick before he gets buried on the depth chart. Fourth round Team pick is... A uh... conditional fourth round pick, Joe. What do you mean, conditional? I believe I read this pick was conditional. Oh, I... I, I don't break my heart, Kyle. I'm just... I don't shoot the messenger. All my right, producer's well, telling me it was a conditional fourth-round pick. My producer will consult with this after the show. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so called my shot. That one hit. So that was nice. I always appreciate when, when you call a shot and it lands. And somebody somebody that's not you is like, oh, yeah, Kyle said that like two weeks ago. Well, hat tip, sir. Well, I'm still waiting for somebody to to recognize me calling my Mitch Trubisky shot for first round quarterback. I, I certainly you, yeah, but no you don't denying, you don't count. You don't count. You have to listen to this. You have to listen. To, yeah, I'm like super not sm- uh, super smug about it, like <laughs> all the time. Yes, it's like tr- Mitch was one of my guys, and Joku was one of my guys last year. So you, you're you, you don't count. I need other okay. people to be like, oh, yeah, I remember Kyle yeah. in early first week in November or October mocked Mitch Trubisky in the top 10 in a mock draft. I believe I sent so, him to the Bears. Did you really? I, th- I believe I did. Oh, God. If this is real, you're going <laughs> to you guys are going to get get my life here. If, if Kyle looks this up and sees it while he does, uh, let's let's move on to the next question here submitted by um, Twitter handle at the Joe Marino and uh, Joe Marino asked Kyle. Who is your Heisman Trophy pick for 2017? Heisman Trophy pick. Yeah. 2017. Yes. Hmm. You know, I kind of... Mm, I don't want to <laughs> pick against Lamar. Um, I think if... If Penn State makes the college football playoff, which I predicted they would, I think Saquon Barkley is going to get a big run. I'm going to say Saquon Barkley, Heisman Trophy. I'm going Darius, guys. I think he's going to have bananas numbers with uh, Matt Canada uh, this year. Pass catching, running, it, the angles he's going to create, the the space. I mean, it's it's a marriage of favorable scheme with ridiculous traits, and I think he's going to be outstanding this year for LSU. Heisman pick for me is Darius, guys. Uh, yeah, that's – we didn't exactly go out on a limb here. No, with, but with two I, of the top names. I I like those picks though. I think I would yeah. take the running backs over over the quarterback field. Well, it, that's just me personally. Though. I mean, if USC's undefeated and Sam Darnold's, you know, you know, putting up what he's capable of, that would be a possibility. Yeah. Uh, next question I have here, Kyle, is from the Sports Narrative. When evaluating a player for the NFL draft, what percentages do you put on game tape, measurables, and character, respectively? That's a great question. And yes. this is this is something that we, with what we do at NDT Scouting, uh, have really hung our our hats on, so to say. Um, just looking at, you know, trying to get the full picture. I think is is I've always kind of made the analogy of uh, you're trying to get a high resolution picture of the players, and what we do on the outside. If you're not evaluating for a program. You're almost just doing, it's like a risk assessment. So you're looking for 
red red flags and boxes to check that are like this guy is high risk because of x y and z so the film is obviously the biggest piece and when i first started i did not weigh as much into film as what i do now where now probably three quarters to 80 Mm percent of the draft assessment is your actual film grade Uh, and at the end of the day you, you have to trust your eye in that regard too right like you have to trust okay this is what I see, this is what I think this guy can be, and then use the metrics and the character and those sorts of things, and you know, we're kind of changing the way that we approach character at NDT Scouting this year, and that's a conversation for another day, but that's no longer has a penalty on an end, end grade. You know, if you think a player is X, he is X, and then you just are going to be making those earmarks on that player to say, hey, this is a risk, this is a risk, this is a risk to be aware of, weigh that appropriately, you know, if you're stacking players up against each other as a potential team picking off the board. Um, but I think some of the other stuff, it's it's really like your perif- quote-unquote peripheral metrics and um, athleticism versus production versus size. Like, every position's a little bit different. So, for me, uh, you have to have great explosiveness as a pass rusher. So, explosiveness is... is Athletic testing for pass rushers, edge defenders, is much more important than, say, uh, an interior offensive lineman. Where, you know, if you're a guy that uh, is playing on the boundary, you see a lot of teams gravitate towards length at the cornerback position. If you're looking for a man power scheme, offensive linemen and blockers, you're going to need to have size. You're going to make sure you don't want a 295-pound guy playing in a gap or, or uh, heavy power running scheme. So I, I think if you look at it that way and you say, okay, what makes this position what it is? What do you need to have at each individual position? I think you'll get a much clearer focus on how to contextualize all the other things that go into a player assessment, but probably three-quarters to 80% of any given position. I think you just really need to base around your film grade. Yeah, same same here. Seventy five percent minimum of my evaluations, which are numerical scoring, same as Kyle, is uh, the film peak components, and then the the remaining twenty five percent is really uh, very much factoring in the size components and the athletic components of of the prospect, um, with a small percentage being production. And you know, like Kyle said, we're really attacking the character and some of the off the field stuff and. Uh, other things like that with different approach this year, that's uh, models uh, some advice that we've received from NFL scouts and how they do that. Uh, Kyle's mentioned on the show that our goal is to be the, you know, the 33rd NFL franchise. And so we're tailoring what we're doing from an evaluation standpoint, very much like an NFL franchise. And um, you'll see some changes in our report templates this year that reflect those changes. So um, it's an, a, it's a fluid process. You know, you have a, you have a system, but every year, you know, even though it's only my second year with a numerical scoring system, Kyle's I think fifth where with the, with the system, it's it's a constant evolution of it and tweaking it and trying to get it get it right. And um, I'm excited about what we've what we've done this year to make our 2018 uh, work even better. Um, next question here comes from Daniel Ackerley. Uh, he says, uh, "Do you see either Connor Williams or Mike McGlinchey?" Connor Williams, the offensive tackle from Texas. Mike McGlinchey, the offensive tackle from Notre Dame, as potential pit uh, as potential fits. Excuse me for the 49ers at the top end of the first round next year. Um, Kyle, I, I, I guess I'll take the lead on this one. I know you just uh, did a nice job 
introducing Connor Williams to the to the people, and we we see eye to eye there. That's a special top of the first round blue chip prospect. So certainly from a value standpoint, you know Connor Williams is, is a player that any team should consider high in the first round next year, assuming he declares. Mike McGlinchey, a senior, a player that we know will be in the draft next year. Um, he doesn't have the athletic profile that you get from a Connor Williams, but I think he's a really good left tackle prospect. I know you've made some comparisons to Jake Long with his skill set, which I think is pretty good because he's not that top end movement guy, but um, he, he, you know, he's he's still a guy that I think can play left tackle at the next level. Uh, it's interesting you think about San Francisco. You know, uh, Trent Brown on the right side is a guy that I know they feel good about. Von Miller came out and said he's best right tackle in football. The left side they got Joe Staley. So I don't know what his future looks like with the team, but you feel like San Francisco from an offensive tackle perspective might have their guys. But I mean, if they had a chance to get a Connor Williams and, and you know, be the, the, uh, the apparent, the, 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 re- the replacement eventually for Joe Staley, I mean, that would be a, a tremendous uh, guy to step in and, you know, from a, a zone perspective where he can work laterally and reach block and get to the second level. And, uh, you know, he's going to be a shutdown pass blocker. You know, he checks all those boxes for his zone heavy scheme. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Those players would be very good options at the top of the first round, but I do think Connor Williams is a better prospect than Mike McGlinchey. Yeah, I think it's close though. I, I really like McGlinchey. Uh, he's not as much of, I think the, the phrasing I use for Williams is there's, he's very smooth. There's not a lot of, there's no clunky steps or awkward movements or, you know, even when he loses a first contact point, uh, he's able to reestablish his footing very quickly and very easily. You know, it's, it's almost like, um, Joe, have you seen those weird, like headless robots that they make now that the, the like horses, have you seen no, these? No, no. Okay, no. <laughs> so it's it's pretty much like a it's a robot with four legs, and it's it's biomechanics work like a horse, and they like the scientists that made it like you'll see them on video, and they like they try and kick it over, they like actively like push it and kick it, and they're just trying to get it to knock over, and what it does is it's showcasing the robotics ability to calibrate and always stay balanced no matter what. And it's like, no matter how you hit Connor Williams, he is consistently just absorbing your contact and reestablishing his footing and always working into a favorable position. And that kind of goes back to the core strength and the, the recovery balance that he has, where McGlinchey doesn't have that. He's more like that raw, just like powerful kind of steamroll. And watching him work next, next to Quentin Nelson is an absolute delight. Like those two guys just will run you over. I do not any envy any defensive tackle that's lined up in a three-tech that's going to get doubled by those two guys. Uh, and McGlinchey's like super long, and I think his his ability to run guys past the peak of the pocket is there, whereas Williams isn't really tested with it because he's just consistently balanced and he's so quick with his feet. So um, I, I, in much more words than I probably needed to say, Joe... I totally agree 100% with you about Williams is a better prospect, but I do think they are both uh, top top portion of the first-round caliber prospects at this point in their, their development. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. 
Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Next question comes from Rich K 71 uh, He says, do you know much about two quarterback leagues? And I'm assuming that's a fantasy football question. And I don't pretend to be a big fantasy guy. Uh, I do one league a year, and, and that's it. Uh, but I will say this. In two quarterback leagues, it seems fun. But every team only has one quarterback, one NFL, you know, every NFL team has one starting quarterback where you have wide receivers and running backs where teams play, you know, three receivers prominently, two, uh, two running backs, even tight ends. You know, there's two featured. So I don't know that I love the idea of a two quarterback league when you're talking about 12 teams in a league. You know, that's that's a minimum of 24 being played every week. I mean, not even everybody can have a backup. I don't know. I, I don't know if I love that. I don't. I think it's. I think that the the amount of players that see the field on Sundays is disproportionate to the leagues. If, if it was maybe an eight team league or a ten team league, it seems to make more sense. But I, I just don't. I don't know if that mathematically matches up for me. Yeah, I've uh, I've done one two QB, uh, but one of them was a flex eligible. So it was you've got your starting quarterback, you know, allotted for your group, and then. From there, you also are responsible for a flex that has a quarterback eligibility. So that's okay. that's the closest I've gotten to an actual 2QB. Uh, I know very little about fantasy football. I actually get made fun <laughs> of every year when I don't win fantasy football because I'm like the football guy. But, um, no, I get burned with guys like, um, like Kenneth Dixon last year. I really like Kenneth Dixon. I thought he would be successful going to Baltimore. Like, oh, yeah, watch watch Kenneth Dixon. He's going to be really good in Baltimore. And then he's <laughs> slow to get ground, and then he gets hurt or whatever. And he comes on strong like the last three weeks of the year. And it's like, great. If I would have had final three weeks of the year Kenneth Dixon, when I pumped him up and, and got him in my draft, then uh, I'd have been in great shape. But... Uh, I just know what the I think I look at players from what they can be versus where their particular situation slots them when I'm trying to uh, prioritize where to draft them for a single season. So I think that's where I get in trouble with fantasy football. So uh, I am not the guy to ask for fantasy football advice. <laughs> Same here, Kyle. but, but I guarantee you, we'll, we'll, we will get overwhelmed in a couple Sundays <laughs> with fantasy advice on a weekly basis. Yeah, so I'll, be, if I'll, you turn, listen, I'll turn around and ask him my questions. <laughs> if if you take our advice, don't blame us when it doesn't go well. That's all I'll say. Been warned. Yes. Uh, Joe, my first question from my pool, you're not going to understand this reference at all, but a lot okay. of people will, so I have to read it. It's from Kyle Sal- uh, Sl- Slaby uh, at The Big Herman, which is a great name. He says, have you called in the Red Woman to bring back Sitchi's knee yet? Uh, Joe, this is a Game of Thrones reference. The Red Woman is like a sorceress with magic. And uh, he, he wants the Red Woman to uh, use some of her magic to heal Jack Sitchi's knee. So have you made any contact with the Red Woman, I have to ask? Um, no, but if I had to contact said Red Woman... To heal a injured player, I would contact her 
to assist with Mr. Jack Sitchi. Okay, so Sitchi so, would be your top. He said the reason he was asked, he was looking for contacts to get Teddy Bridgewater back in the game. Oh, okay. So if he, uh, well, uh, Teddy Bridgewater was my number one player in the 2014 draft. Over, oh, so you're going to throw Sitchi under the bus for Teddy? Well, I, I thought we were talking well, that's, about. That was the specific question was for Sitchi. And then he yeah. said his motivation was he's looking for any resources or leads that could help him well, get Teddy back. If if Red Woman, and this would be disappointed if she's limited to be able to only help one player, uh, you know, that's disappointing to me. But if she can only help one, I change my answer to Teddy Bridgewater. Joe, listen. <laughs> All right, we're, we're, we got to wrap the show. I can't, I can't continue with this now. It's a shame. Well, I, I don't even know what the red woman looks like. Uh, she wears red, and she has red oh, hair. Oh, it's shocking. Yeah, I know. Yeah, just really use your imagination. You'll get there just fine. Um, Anthony has our next question. He wants to know what your Josh Sweat takes are, Joe. Yeah, Josh Sweat, Florida State defensive end, big-time high school recruit. I think he was a five-star. Um, he is a player that I don't think he has a super high ceiling, but I think he'll be solid. Um, really good hands. I like the power in the upper half. Really does a nice job uh, combating hands, getting them off him, uh, good counters, that type of stuff. But I, I think you know he's, he's a guy that's coming off of a knee injury, and I thought that really impacted his burst last year. So – uh, want to see that come back this season. I don't know if this is going to be a top half of the first round player or anything like that, but if he can show that burst to go with the hands, uh, I, I get excited about him, but I think he's got to recapture some of that quickness and, and that ability to really stress a offensive tackles uh, feet uh, around the edge track, but um, good football player. I think he's got a, a high floor, but I'm not sure his ceiling is, uh, is, is comparable to some of the other edge rushers in this class. Sure. And uh, the next question uh, is from Bill Jones at Boom Bear Jr. Wants to know if Darren Carrington II, formerly of Oregon, can get back on the wide receiver radar at Utah. Joe, uh, if you don't mind, I do want to jump in and uh, steal the thunder on this one because I feel like I have a pretty solid stance on this. Uh, Carrington underwhelmed me at Oregon because he didn't play very physical. He had some drops. Uh, But you can tell he's like a nice open field athlete. Um, I think Utah's style of offense will give him the opportunity to be a big play guy this year. Uh, I know they're they're a lot of pound the rock. They like to push the ball down the field. They have for a while. A uh, lot of vertical shots. Um, I think, was it Dress Anderson came through a couple years ago? It was like the last Utah wide receiver, Joe. Does that name ring a bell for you? Yeah, of course it Dr- does. Dress Anderson. Um I think I can envision him in that kind of role, like the big play vertical guy down the field. Uh, I will say I don't think it matters what offense he plays in. Uh, his lack of physicality and his hands are going to be a problem. So it might get him in the conversation because he has good production at Utah. I think the role that they are uh, potentially going to have for him or them will allow him to showcase himself uh, but I think he's missing traits that are going to make him a desirable prospect at the end of the day, uh, come the winter time. And then the last and, one, and so that's not a good combination. So yeah, yeah, it's like a yes and no. The uh, the last question that I have, Joe, comes from a, one of our avid listeners, David Bullen, D Bullen ninety eight, 
and he wants to know he he brought the heat with this one and i know we're okay. both, we're, we're both uh going to use a stipulation to answer his question he wants to know is there a small school defensive player you could see rising through the season to be a first or second round pick come draft time hashtag draft dudes joe i'll let the, the floor is yours all right well so if this would have been offense i think we'd be here you know pounding the table for Cortland sutton out of smu the wide receiver dallas goder san diego goder, state dallas tight goder, end dallas goder, dallas goder. right 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 and josh allen at least i would for wyoming mm. but um the defensive side, in terms of small school prospects or guy, you know, there wasn't anything that jumped out. You know, those guys will emerge throughout the season. But I'm not sitting here saying there's a Khalil Mack, you know, going into the season that I'm familiar with at this point. That 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 may or may not change. But uh, I wanted to highlight a a Power Five guy, uh, LSU cornerback who's uh, switching to safety, Ed Paris, who is a player I don't think is really on anyone's radar right now. He's a guy with only two starts. Uh, to his name, 37 games played. He's only made 17 tackles. This isn't a guy with a lot of production, uh, but I did spend some time studying him, and I I watched both of his starts, and and then I tried to find as much tape as I could um, when he was on the field as a you know as a reserve and filling in stuff and uh, some of the other games. And um, so I'm going off of a very small sample size, but this is a guy who's a four star recruit, had a, a tremendous high school career. And uh, just buried it on the depth chart at LSU. And now he's being asked to step in and replace Jamal Adams. And while that's big shoes to fill, I think we can look at the role that Jamal Adams played in that LSU defense last year. And we can see that he's going to be in a position to make plays. And so when I look at him, he's a guy that looks great on the hoof. Uh, he's, he's six, one, two, ten, really well put together frame, long athletic. Uh, he's physical. One thing that I noticed is you know, he was using a lot of press situation when he was playing cornerback on tape and his ability to kind of crowd those routes early, remain balanced, use his hands to jam, and then kind of pin r- routes to the sideline where he really just kind of, kind of eat it, eat it up, ate him up, ate up those routes, uh, and, uh, showed that physicality in the contact window was really impressive. He did really well to play through contact and then come up and make some tackles, uh, in the alley against the, you know, the screen passes and, and boundary runs and those types of things. And so th- those physical traits that he showed and that willingness to tackle and the willingness to mix it up was, was really good. And so, and, and his ability to kind of fire downhill, you know, plan off that back foot and drive forward was good. And so I'm, I'm curious. He's a player that, you know, it seems like there's some positive reports out of LSU about how he looks on the back end. Uh, one, uh, one of the coaches down there said that his hips look really good where he's fluid, he's smooth. Uh, so I've seen enough in very limited tape to think that this is a guy who belongs in the, in the NFL radar. But uh, being in that Jamal Adams role next year, I get excited about, you know, a player here that could potentially be a relative unknown to a guy that's going to be a big-time playmaker for a big-time school. So uh, I will, um, with an asterisk, answer your question by saying Ed Paris, the uh, cornerback that's switching to safety from LSU. Man, Joe just eated that question right up. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) nicely done there. Uh, I'm also going to take an easy way out here. I do not have a small school player. I have a player that plays at USC. Um, Cornerback, I'm on Marshall. Listed 6'2", 200. Um, played opposite of a Dory Jackson last year. Uh, my goodness. This is somebody actually got recognized by the NDT staff. Uh, one of the all-draft eligible corners. 
But you don't hear a lot of conversation about him being a potential top player. And I think folks are really missing this one uh, where I think another year with him being a draft eligible and not having to share time or share the quote-unquote share the spotlight with the Dory Jackson in the defensive backfield, you're going to see that this guy is big, long, physical, tremendous ball skills, playing underneath the football and elevating to attack it before it reaches receivers. Uh, just excellent ability to track and challenge the football. Uh, he has 17 deflections and six career interceptions to this point. Uh, he is a true junior. Uh, in 2015, he was named a, a Sporting News in USA Today All-American First Team. So he does have nice accolades. He was actually Campus Insider's sophomore All-American Honorable Mention and All-Pac-12 Honorable Mention in 2016, starting 13 games. Uh, so that's my player that looking at the defensive side of the football, somebody that nobody really is like, oh, let's talk about top defensive prospects. I'm on Marshall. I think he has the physical ability to get into that discussion. And if Adore Jackson, and I loved Adore. Joe, I think you actually had Adore rated higher than I did this this past yeah, year. Big fan. Uh, yep. If he can go in the first round, I look at Marshall's athletic skill sets. He may not be as true of a – as much of a true like special athlete, but I think he's a better corner right now than what a Dory Jackson was. People don't forget it. Kyle, you know, later in the year when Amon Marshall is being touted as a first round pick, remember that Kyle Krabs told you so that somebody besides me has is, to uh, is praising him for his good <laughs> takes. <laughs> and I actually to suffer through the lack of, no, no recognition for being right on things early. So. I found – we did it on a podcast, Joe. You and I did a Locked On podcast with a real-time mock draft. Yeah. And I can't listen to it during recording because everyone will hear it. Um, but I believe I mocked him in the top eight. So I'm going to do my homework. So when you folks see the tweets tomorrow, y'all know what it's about. Yes. Yes, so that will be something for you to look forward to on the timeline. Make sure you're following Kyle, who is at NDT Scouting. I am at the Joe Marino. NDT Scouting has its own Twitter handle, which is NDT Scouting LLC. So uh, keep it plugged in uh, because we got a lot coming for you. We got a lot of new football to look at, and the takes will be flying on the time timeline as well as on the draft dudes podcast thank you for your listenership uh, we are just getting started here in this season and uh i know kyle and i could not be more excited we were uh, talking about how excited we were to wake up on saturday and watch maryland and texas so uh if you are uh, crazy and excited about this uh, you found the right dudes to pay attention to uh this season so uh, we'll be back again for you on friday to kind of preview a big weekend in college football with some uh some big matchups with implications and plenty of uh of nfl draft prospects that are in uh you know important matchups for them early in the season to kind of see where they are be good barometers for a lot of these guys that we'll be paying attention to throughout the course of the season so we will preview for that for you on friday until then i'm signing off for kyle krabs this is Joe Marino, and thanks for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. 
Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits. So you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.